this is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who maybe still like each other, but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're reviewing one of Sam's picks. Sam, what are we reviewing? And are we allowed to talk to Josh still? Or is he, or is he refusing to-, to talk to us? I think he's refusing to talk to us. But we can still talk to him. He's all right. He's our little bro. Yeah, I'm here. I... Jamie, I heard you riding the struggle bus on the James Bond episode without me there. You didn't have your segues down. You forgot what to say. It was. You need me around, I can tell. It's true. That's paranormal. Yep. But I, you know, I made up for it by making fun of you a whole bunch. So. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, Sam, what, what are we reviewing? I don't know. What are we reviewing? I'm sorry. It's East to West, Volume 1. <laughs> Did it have it's a title? All... Nope. I, I, I double checked this thing before we started recording. It's just East of West, Volume One. Nice. Okay, why 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 are we doing this? What what made you pick this weird book? Uh, why I picked it was because I seen the cover, thought it was cool, and then I read the summary, and I was like, oh, it's the Four Horsemen in a future apocalypse wasteland. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do that one. And that's the only reason. A futuristic old know. west somehow. Yeah, futuristic old west. It's alternate future. Alternate future. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. A lot going on, but saying that, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know it was Hickman neither until you, you mentioned it last week. I, I, didn't, I didn't even dawn on me. So, yep. should be good. We'll, we'll get into that. Yep. On, All right. a, on a side note, I'm looking at the uh, title here on Comixology where I've sourced this comic from, and it's uh, labeled Volume 1 The Promise. Let's have a volume title. Huh. The actual book cover doesn't have one. No. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Throwing that out there. If somebody's having a hard time finding it, it does have a volume title, The Promise. Promise. Anyway, it's time for the live-action Batman greats. And this is our eccentric grading scale based on the men who have thus far played Batman in live-action. And for best or worst, that scale is Bell, Affleck, Keaton, West, Kilmer, and poor George Clooney. And I can't wait to put the sparkly vampire on here somewhere. Um, Josh, you are first on the Batman grades. What's your live action Batman grade? Uh, grade. I waffled between two, and I finally settled on a Keaton plus, just almost into the Affleck range. Interesting. I liked it. It was on the plus side of the scale. I had a good time with it. It, it wasn't my favorite thing to read. That that surprises me greatly. This felt like a Josh book to me. We'll get into uh, it. <clears throat> ready for the pyramid now. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm up next, and this is a bail. I had a great time. Um, it, I mean, I mean, it's it's a Hickman book, so it's got Hickman things going on. But, um, but I, I mean, I have made Hickman. I've thrown Hickman show on the show before, but this this one has all of the Hickman strengths. And all of the Hickman weaknesses are very in a low key here. I mean, this is this is Hickman firing on all of his best cylinders. Um, and I was not familiar with this artist before, but it's, it's a great book to look at too. Um, so, and I, I love especially, and this is I'm trying to say, stay you know spoiler free here, but the um, the alternative future stuff they do here is all very interesting. And the directions that Hickman could go with that into the future are just, you know, really interesting. And it kind of makes you want to, like, keep reading. Like, well, 
what else is weird about this future type deal. So yeah, this is this is a high recommendation for me. And I agree. I also gave mine a bail. And I'm surprised Josh really doesn't like it. Well, he does like it. I ain't saying he doesn't like it. But no spoilers here. But it's got a feeling like Blade Runner meets the Gunslinger kind of feel. It was the way the way I kept reading. I was like, man, that's so awesome. The way they blended those two worlds. That's a great comparison. Yeah. Yeah. It's in my notes later. It, you kind of get a little bit of like a Firefly or Serenity vibe too, because there's a lot of Old West mixed in with like hovercrafts and flying creatures and a lot of robotics but then also there's people carrying around six shooters and wearing cowboy hats and stuff so it's it's a weird mix of stuff and, and like firefly there's a strong chinese influence too so that that's a good yeah. comparison too man you guys with the inside to start with it's over now sorry that's all i got <laughs> <laughs> we made our smart quota for the show we're done well, spoilers for the eventual award show here, but uh, this one might this one might be it for surprise of the year for me. I uh, very pleasantly surprised. Well, the creator credits this week we've already referenced. Uh, it's written by Jonathan Hickman, and we will get into that. Um, the art is by Nick Dragada, colors by Frank Martin, letters by Russ Wooten. We have seen Frank Martin before and always love his work. Um. Nick, Draga- Nick Dragada, I didn't recognize that name. Have we ever done anything? I don't, I don't think I've ever even read anything with him doing art. No, I don't think so, neither. Get into that, too. Uh, well, this is the part of the show that is safe from all that spoiler radiation. After you hear the spoiler clacks, it is full spoilers ahead. Venture on at your own risk. It's time for the bite size breakdown. Josh, you get <laughs> mammoth first issue. Yeah, all fifty pages of issue <laughs> one. All right, and uh, so let's get started. I apologize. Uh, issue one, titled "Out of the Wasteland." Three of the four horsemen of the apocalypse are reborn. They state they're going to kill the fourth horseman. We get a description of the message, capital M. It was written by three different prophets in three different areas and times and is a sequel to Revelations. Then Death and his companions, Crow and Wolf, walk into a bar. That's not a joke. That happens. They get some info from the bartender and kill everyone else. Death Death goes to the White Tower, capital of the U.S., and kills the president. The other three horsemen show up to the tower and want to recruit the next president to their cause. The vice president declines, and they start killing their way down the line of procession until they reach the Secretary of the Interior, who joins up. All right, you've been punished. We're all on good terms now. Uh, Issue two. And I remembered that there are chapter titles. Above all, few are chosen. Uh, So Death returns to his little team and learns that they have found the list for him. There is a big meeting at Armistice, where the new president meets the other members of the Chosen, where she has shown a vision. It would appear that Solomon and Chamberlain are not on the same page as the rest. Back at the Black Tower, Chamberlain discovers Death sitting in his office. They chat, and Chamberlain cuts a deal with him, since he no longer cares about the message and has grown fond of the world and doesn't want it to end. Then, as the issue ends, we see that Death's wife is alive and imprisoned. Yes. All right, so issue three, <laughs> House of Mouth. Hey, say it, Mal. Yeah. That's how it's in it. All right. Make sure. Anyways, the three horsemen go to the Atlas Bar in Junction. 
They question the bartender about death. His eye pops out and betrays him and starts talking. <laughs> Got to kick totally him. a thing that happened. <laughs> so he gets his eye back and then shows them a hologram where death is. He's at New Shanghai. New Shanghai is preparing for war. Death is already there at the city wall. He has wiped out the forces there. Mal 5 sends an envoy to ask for peace or give death a warning that the forces inside are greater than what was that was that was what was outside. Sorry. They say the Great Wall is coming down and his judgment will follow. Words are hard. Yeah, yeah sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Issue four. Last deals of dead men. Death and gang begin the assault on New Shanghai. They breach the walls, and Mal re- realizes he is lost. Zhao Lin fights and kills her sister, who is one of the chosen. She then offers to kill Mal herself to save him some dignity. Once she has killed her father, she claims the house of Mal as her own and tells the remaining troops to stand down. The issue ends with Chamberlain at the lair of the beast, looking at something ominous. Issue 5, The Message. Death finally has a conversation with his wife, and we've seen a flashback at the beginning of their relationship. Then she says that they're done, since he wasn't there for her when it mattered, when the horseman killed their child. Then there's another flashback, and we see the day when the horseman took her hands and went for her child. The death tells her that their son lives, because the chosen believe that he is the beast of the apocalypse. After some scheming between Solomon and Chamberlain, death sets off to go get his kid. Uh, volume two. That's gonna be a whole thing. I'm ready for it. It's loaded up. I just have it started. I was waiting. I was being good and waiting till we did the podcast before I launched into the next one. Some of us behaved. Some of us didn't. I can't restrain myself. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time for the graphically novel pyramid, the part of the show where we evaluate the book of the week based on the three elements we believe a book has to nail to be a good book. The first of these is story. And Sam, what do you think about the story? All right, so in the story is part of the reason I went ahead and read ahead the next two volumes. Uh, I just can't, can't stop myself from reading because it's such an intriguing story. It's it's different. And, you know, it's the the way the pace is. Like, it gives you some some background and it moves the, the story forward quite a bit. And then it gives you, like, a little bit of a background about the message and, like, death's, uh, I guess it's his wife and child and all that stuff so i just found it all intriguing it's like it's captivating it's, i couldn't stop reading but also you know it's what i referenced earlier it's the blade runner gunslinger the world building the way they done it it was it's mind-blowing how they they brought both those together it's the i don't know it's the perfect blend for me i don't know what it was it's like that's my type of book i want to read every page i can of it but uh i enjoyed it thoroughly well, that's that. That's what Hickman's best at. I mean, Hickman is a world builder. I mean, that is what that is his greatest skill, and, and, that, and, and that's my two cents. But for me, that's what I like best about Hickman's stories is the world building. Um, it's all and it's always really detailed, really intricate. He's not painting in broad brushstrokes like he like he's thought every single thing that he possibly could all the way through, you know, from yep. rafters to the you know foundation, and, and it's always interesting. Um, yeah, and and he nails it here, and and the and the things he's combining, um, in his world building are fascinating. It, not even that, like, like cause it had like surprise twists and turns in it too. Like I, I was, 
I knew death was on a rampage, but I didn't. I couldn't find out why until you find out that he was chasing his love, his wife, or whatever. Like death's married and all that stuff. So it turns out this book not only was a, a futuristic sci-fi western, but it's also a love story intertwined with all that. It's like, man, that's so cool. It's just an interesting idea. Yeah, and I'll, I'll let you guys go and get all your uh, love of the story <laughs> out. It's just kind of some of what I had, and and. You know, I read this one twice, uh, and I think maybe my first read through, it may have been part of my fault, because I read it in about four different times to sit down and actually get all the way through it, because of the holidays and travel, and I just I didn't get to dedicate a lot of time to it, and uh, I was somewhat confused the whole first read through. Uh, I, I feel like the way Hickman laid this story out is you drop into the middle of a story, and you don't get a lot of setup. We just get into the three horsemen are reborn, and then they just go straight into hunting for death, deaths on a rampage. There wasn't a lot of setup to explain what was going on. You get the reveal later on. You get some flashbacks. You get the explanation. But, you know, the first four issues, I didn't have a lot of idea what was going on, and I read them pretty far apart. So I, I kind of wasn't super enthralled with the story. Um that being said, I read it a second time and I just read it straight through. It makes a lot more sense that way. Uh, so I would yeah. recommend if you read it, don't take a week in between issues two and three or issues three and four, because <laughs> it will throw you off. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I like the story concept uh, and I think it's a solid story. And Hickman does build worlds really well. Like this feels like a fully fleshed out, like, okay, this, this all happened. It, it, it makes it i wish i would have got more information about it because at one point i think they mentioned there's like seven different nations inside the u.s at this point we only get a handful of them mentioned i would have at some point show me a map on a wall or something to kind of give me a little info on how the world's laid out now because a lot of stuff happened in the 1800s that didn't actually happen <laughs> in in, in <laughs> reality so we've had you know 200 years of alternate history in future I would have liked a little bit more of that. Well, I, well, I think that the, cause in the, the group of the chosen, every one of them is from a different one of those nations. And I think that they were supposed to represent for us and be sort of like a living map. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, just as a passerby, just to see the story as it develops, it feels like fleshed out. Like, I feel like Hickman knows what's going on. He could sit down and explain every detail, how every nation came to be, how those rulers. Like, I feel like he's got that all planned out. I just would have liked to have gotten some of that myself. Like they mentioned at one point, the Black Tower is the capital of New Orleans. Is it just the whole state of Louisiana? How much of the country do they actually run? You know, how do they interact with the other nations? I just don't get a lot of that. Well, that's actually the that that's the thing with Hickman um, for me. He has he always has great world building and he always has intricate plots. But sometimes he slips over from intricate to convoluted. And sometimes mileage varies, like with his X-Men series, the like the, the big prelude, like the power of 10 uh, House of X. I think I got those right. Yeah, th those, I think, fell over into convoluted for me. This one, I think, holds together better than some other Hickman stories. Yeah. and and. and like I said, it seems like he knows what's going on. I just, I think he was a little <laughs> too stingy with the info. Like, I feel like if I just sat down and he gave me some clues or gave me a little bit of backstory, I out hundred percent would buy into it. Cause it seems like it's all going to work. I just, I don't know that I got enough. 
Okay, well, think about it this way. If you put all the info you're wanting in the first volume, would the first volume be that interesting to read? Would it be as fun with all that action and all that stuff? I, it, though? Yeah, like I said, I just give me a map, make a reference to a war that was fought and somebody <laughs> took over. Like, just give me a little something. You know, I, I, I think something. he's trying to tantalize you because you've got like, that one panel with a nuclear bomb going off on it. Like, when did that happen? Uh, where where exactly. did that happen? Yeah. yeah. I, I, tantalizing, maybe frustrating is where I come off on it. Like, I wanted a little bit more. But the, the story was good. That wasn't necessarily the focus. It's a very unique world. But the focus is definitely death, getting his revenge, and tracking down his wife. That's that's the point of the story. The world building is kind of secondary to it. Uh, but yeah, I just I was frustrated. I wanted more. I wanted to know how that world works a little bit. All right. Well, I'm going to piggyback on something. We probably need to get moving uh, through the show notes. But um, uh, sandwich. I, I think that the surprises, uh, Hickman surprises, don't always work for me. Sometimes they're too obvious, and sometimes they're so like <laughs> obtuse that it's like, what did I actually see there? I feel like all the surprises here are have an emotional component to them that I don't always find with with Hickman, because like we, we discover like you know at the end of I think it's issue two, like he's got a wife and she's alive, like Beth was married. What's that about? And then I think it's end of issue four, we see the kid. It's like oh my gosh, <laughs> Death's a yeah. dad. Um, but yeah, so I, I think the surprises really work here. Yeah, they really did. No, I agree with that. All right, let's move on to the next uh, section. And Josh, let's see if you actually like something in this. What do you think about the art? I really enjoyed the art. I was blown away with it, honestly, especially from somebody I've never never heard of. I wasn't familiar with this artist, and, and man, they putting out some quality work. Uh, I I thought the color was really good. Uh, well, that's Frank Martin. Yeah, yeah, the color was good. I wanted to throw that out there, but uh. This style worked for the story, and I think it takes a decent amount of talent to mix Old West with future robots and make it look like it fits together. Like the the robotics, the the and in the uh, biologics versus the buildings and the structures. The buildings look really cool. The people look really cool. Like there's a lot of different stuff going into this, and I thought it all worked really well. What's the that? The, uh... Go ahead. Well, like the, for me, like the, the sort of the the easiest way to, to to describe that visually is the old west version of death riding his mechanical horse, insect thing, whatever that thing was, and it and it doesn't look other than like it being weird looking, like it doesn't look strange, like it looks like it meshes together, mm-hmm. and you know Dragato makes it work. Yeah, it just looks like okay. Death rides a robot horse with a giant red hole for a face. Like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> it works. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's like like all, all the buildings, all, all the stuff, like, looks like it'd be a city somewhere. But then, like, they did, like, a panoramic view of it. And it's in the middle of a desert. Like, it's got the Old West feel. And you got this, like, sprawling city in the middle of it. Like, the way all that's done, both the Western vibe and the future vibe are done so well. It's just, it's really amazing. I had no complaints about the art. I actually loved all the art. The faces, the proportions were good all the way through. Like I don't feel like nothing was left out. Like no, all the backgrounds were awesome. Like I had, I have no complaints with this art. Uh, I was thoroughly surprised. I was not expecting that out of this one. Yeah, I like the. Uh, I wanted to call out the uh, character designs. Yeah. Uh, Death as you know the gunslinger 
with his hat and his long straight hair. I mean, just super cool. I like the uh, crow and the wolf that are riding with him. They're super interesting to look look at. And then having the other three horsemen as children as they're reborn as <laughs> yeah. like young kids. Uh, it's all super good. Uh, and then uh, on death, death and the uh, I think the wolf. They're they look like they're black and white. They're just mostly solid white. And then the crow, she's black, completely colored black. Uh, and they're using that to kind of show something happened to Death. Death makes a reference that it cost him a lot to stay on the planet. In the flashbacks, Death is completely solid black. I mean, he looks like a black hole walking around the page, but now he's solid white. So they, they're using the, the color and the art to really work with some story points as well. And I thought that was super clever. Well, there's a lot of like you know color scheme stuff going on like each one of the horsemen is a completely different color and they're all like mono mono color like, like head to toe and like everything in new beijing or new shanghai um is all red like there's red everywhere um you know the um i forget the terms like they basically what was the regular united states is you know white there's a white white tower instead of a white house and all this stuff and the south has the black tower and there's i mean it's just it's interesting what the things they're doing with color i I think they're going to explain more of that as the series goes on yeah i think it was also cool like one of the visual things was like he's riding through the desert and all of a sudden you see the golden gate bridge across the water but it's not really our golden gate bridge because it's got like the chinese tops and stuff on it it leads over to the great wall which is a city and all stuff like man it's 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 so interesting the way they do it. Yeah, they, they, they mix a lot of old school 1800s type scenery with new age stuff really well. Like, you know, the House of Mao, they're in New Shanghai. He's got, you know, some traditional military garb on. His daughters, Shaolin and her sister, the Chosen, they've got some traditional, you know, Chinese garb, it looks like. But then their soldiers look like they're part robots and androids. And it's just a weird mix to see, like, when he has his, uh, the guy, that the mouthpiece for Mal that goes out and talks to death. He looks like a robot. But to have that mix with some traditional Chinese settings, it's they, they blended it really well. It, it doesn't sound like it should work, but it does. And I think it's interesting, too, that, like, the wardrobe, like, no matter how, how high-tech the setting is, the wardrobe is always, like, old-fashioned. Oh, yeah, old-fashioned uh, style, yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting how they're, how they're, how they're doing that. All right, let's move I'm on to characters. Yeah, there's not much. There's not. I mean, there's a couple of wonky faces. <clears throat> That's it. That's all I got. Yeah, there's yeah. Like I didn't a want a couple. They're not inconsistent. Sometimes when Death has a lot of emotion on his face, he he looks a little different. He he yeah. he dips into the Joker kind of yeah. realm. Sometimes he looks a, a couple little, of those. Yeah, but overall, yeah, the faces are solid. You know who's who, and yeah. Well, characters is normally where Hickman goes most sideways for me um most most of his stories leave me cold i mean that's the problem they, they feel like looking at a beautiful like um architectural blueprint or something like yeah that's amazing it's intricate i'm impressed it's not really art it's not beautiful to look at you know what i'm saying like you look at architectural blueprint and you're not blown away with like you know the beauty of it you're impressed with the architecture but and so hickman can can do that can just leave me cold and I don't end up not really caring about the characters. I don't really, they don't really feel like characters. It's the plot that's intricate. It's the plot that's developed. It's not the characters. We're, we're here. I mean, this is some of the best character work for, for my money that I've you know, experienced in a Hickman story. I care about death. I want to know his story. 
you know, which is wild. <laughs> it is you know, wild. It's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Yeah, and I I, I want to find out if he ever reconciles with Shaolin. Do they find the kid? Like, how messed up is the kid from all of his time with the Chosen? Um, mm-hmm. You know, w- what is going on with Chamberlain? What's Bill Solomon's deal? I mean, all these characters. I mean, Hickman has made me care about his characters for a change. Yeah. And. And it's not just because like he's putting them in interesting positions because he'll, he'll, he'll he, he tends to use his characters like you know pieces on a chessboard, but here like, he, they, they're more fleshed out and there's more emotional stuff going on. And I mean, I, mean, I, I want to know what's happening to these people. It's not just the plot and the world building that I care about. Like I actually want these people. I, I want good things to happen today. How how messed up is that? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how good he does with characters. Yeah. And that, and, that, and then for me, I, that's I did that's I expected this section of the pyramid to keep this from being a bell for me, because I expe- I expected you know the story stuff to be good. That's what Hickman does. Um, the first couple of pages of artwork blew me away, so I figured the artwork would be uh, would be a positive. I was expecting to be let down by the character work, because like I said, that, that's where I struggle with Hickman usually. But this thing, he knocked it out of the park, top to bottom. And I and I think like. There's so many characters in here. He he could have just like picked one or two and like really focused on them. But I think he done good with all of them. Like, like uh, of the Seven Nations of those people, maybe not all of those, but for the most part, the ones that had the most of the time, you could see their story. You could see that they're actually a developed character. Like, and then with uh, Death and his side of uh, uh, guys, the Crow and the Wolf. I'm like, man, I want to see what's happening with them. What's going on with their story and all that stuff. And it's just like it's just. It's engaging. It keeps you hooked. You just want to read more and more. Like this was one of the comics I got. Once I started, I couldn't stop, and I stopped. And I went back and read it again. I was like, well, I gotta keep reading. I can't stop here. So I just, <laughs> so I just powered through the next couple. Like I just, I was just that hooked, and that I hope it does it for everybody. Yeah, well, two yeah. out of three of us anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here after we've we're most of the way through the pyramid. I want to retroactively bump it up to the Affleck. I'm rounding up to <laughs> Affleck now, so you can go back and edit edit me into saying Affleck, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now the, the characters were good. They're, like you said, Sam, there's a lot of characters in this, and we don't get a lot of panel time with the majority of them. Uh, but when they're on the panel, you get good characterizations from everybody. They feel like real people like even if they're only on there for a couple panels or for a page or two you're like that person's got some stuff going on they feel like they've got motivations like they 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 feel pretty fleshed out uh, even when we don't get a lot of time with them uh and i thought he done a really good uh uh job dancing the line with death because you know the way some of the dialogue's written he's kind of a braggart i mean he's he's death he's full of himself a little bit right i mean He's one of the horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> but I felt like it would have been too it would have been easy to go too overboard and made him almost comical, you know. Uh, he done a job at one point that says, you know, I'm inevitable. He does. He kind of feels like a force of nature in this. Like you feel like that's getting his revenge. Like there's not going to be a lot to stop him. He, and I think that could have went, you know, like I said, on the comical side. It could have been too over the top. We're like, oh, look at death riding a mechanical horse you know chasing after his kid like it could have been goofy and i think he 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 nailed it down so that we're all interested we're all invested in death in his story and wanting to see where it goes i, I thought that was really well done well i mean when you've got this big of a cast um 
one one of the little writer tricks that really helps is if you give each character at least one moment of doing something interesting. And he does that here. I'm with all of them. Like, you know, Bill Solomon is barely a character in this thing. But when he, when he is one of the chosen standing there, one of the people devoted to bringing the apocalypse, he introduces himself as Bill Solomon, governor of Texas, skeptic. Like, how on earth are you a skeptic and then standing where you are? Like, that's interesting. Just that, that one word just completely makes him interesting. And then Hickman does that all the way through here. He makes he gives every every character gives him something interesting to do. Like Wolf doesn't say much at all. And there's that little line where he says like that he, you know, mentions the wolf pursuing the crow and he knows he can never catch her. Where I'm like, oh, just immediately you just feel for the guy. Like he's in love with this lady and he, he knows he's never going to get to be with her. And it doesn't matter. It just, it just gives him, I don't know. It just every, every character has at least one little moment that makes them interesting. That's all I got. All right. I don't have much notes on characters. Yeah. Just, they were awesome. Right. Want to give us more? Yeah. Let's do it. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> right, Sam, what is your best cover? It is on page 12, issue one. It is rolling. I mean, death looking down the barrel of his gun. <laughs> That's a good one. That's the good one. Um, I like it because it's, it's straight up uh, old western gunslinger look. And, and that's in pre-transformation too. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh, what do you have? Uh, hold on, one second. Let me reload here. I got an oops, something went wrong message. Let's uh, well, last I, I a can, second. I can jump in. Um, oh. unless you're ready. Yeah, yeah, I came back up. Sorry. All right, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I know. I was on uh, issue three, page seventy-two. That yep. was the one with Shaolin and the uh, dragon around her neck. Dragon lady, her sword. Yeah, that's right. She just looks really tough there. It's and as much as I love the art, I hated these covers. They're so hard to see. Yeah, that's the only thing I didn't like about this book. The covers all kind of stink. And even if the colors, that are, even if the the artwork on them is interesting looking, they're all completely faded out. They're 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 not even black and white. They're white and really pale gray. Super <laughs> hard to see. Yeah. Um, I went with cover two on page uh, forty-eight, and that's the creepy one where War is riding on a guy's shoulders and has like a handlebar thing through his mouth. Yeah. I just thought that that is so creepy, especially because he's such a little because I mean, they're little kids now. They've just they've just been reborn, and it just makes it really creepy. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right, Josh, who was your best character? Uh, I'm willing to bet we're all going to say death. Okay, who was your runner-up? Runner-up? I don't even have a runner-up off the top of my head. Uh, Probably Zhao Lin, the the war master at the age of 16 who saw death, denied him a victim, and then they fell in love and had a kid. Like, she's got some stuff going on, too. Like, she's got an interesting story. First time she killed 100 men in one day. (laughs) <laughs> the first yeah. time the first time <laughs> i think she was like 16 at that point they said yeah, she was yeah. 16 yeah well I, i'm with you i mean death is the obvious choice he, he's a fascinating character um I, chamberlain is my my backup the guy who was all about the apocalypse until he grew fond of the world and decided he didn't want it to end and he no longer cares and 
I don't know. He's just a fascinating guy. Thank you. Well, Josh took both my answers. I had death, and if I had to do a runner-up, I was going to be Shiloh Girl. I like, I like her a whole bunch. So, so it's like she really probably was my number one pick. But if I want to throw somebody else out there, I won't say the wolf. I like that guy. Yeah. yeah. Wolf and Crow are both great. Yeah. They had some really good art panels, too, when they were transitioning to their animal form. Oh, yeah. They, Spoilers was, for later. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe not too much later. Yeah. All right. Well, um. Next up is best panel, and it is not too much later at all. Uh, page 100. Panel two is my best panel. And that is the first time that we see one of them transform. And it's when Crow does her little backflip and starts, you know, does the kind of scissor kick in the air. And her legs start turning into the crows and flying away. That, that's the first time we see them use that power. And it's just, when I first saw that, I was like, what is happening right now? And I don't know what's going panel, on, but I think I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Because the next panel, she's like she's almost all birds, but her head and her head yeah. still just float. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Sam. Right, so I I have two, and I'm gonna go with page 19, and it's it's my normal pick. It's Death's and face poked up on his on his eyes. Yeah. yeah. I thought we were all gonna pick that. It's just a, it's a crane moment. Yeah, it's a good one. Just it is a good one. Did you have a backup, Josh? No, I didn't. It was just that one. Because the art's super detailed there. Yeah, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Actually, my, my backup was the very next page. It was uh, panel two on page 20. Her, the, yeah. the, horse, the, the horseman face off. Yeah. Yeah. That looks like a, that. Weird, a weird western about to go down. Yeah. My other one was page 57. I wanted to get a panel of the uh, a building. So I put the dark tower. I mean the black tower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But there's the good there's a good one of the white tower that might come up later. Yeah, on. yeah I know what it is. <laughs> right, same what's your best dialogue? Best dialogue. And it's a Shaolin dialogue or something, yeah. And it's after Death had conquered uh, the Great Wall, the new Shanghai, they're all kneeling to her. And it says, she is uh, Shaolin, and you should fear her as much as you fear him, for this is the woman who conquered death. I thought that was like, man, that's a powerful message. And it's like, everybody's bowing to her. That's a good one. And I picked right from, right before that scene, Sam, on page 103, it's uh, Shaolin talking to her dad uh, as death's attacking. She said, there's a thing, father. Where men who have thought they were giants their entire lives actually see one for the first time. It sparks a reaction. It shows them their true worth. It shows them their place. And that dialogue's overlaid over death, just wreaking havoc on their troops and you know, being a force of nature. Like he's he's yeah. a true giant. Mal, you know, the leader thought he was some something big. You know, death came knocking and he learned he wasn't. That's good. They're just walking a, through, just shooting them. Man, that's just awesome. Waylaying people, yeah. There's a lot of good ones here. Um, I'm gonna go with a, a different. I, I made reference to it earlier, but it's a conversation between Wolf and Crow. And Crow is talking about um how she can't understand death. Um, she says, "I can't fathom the reasoning behind it. Why death would chase the living when they all reach him soon enough? Yes, there's prophecy, but he ain't no agent for others. Makes you wonder what he's all about, though, doesn't it?" 
And then Wolf, who doesn't say very much in the entire book, Wolf says, no, I don't wonder. I know. It's love, which is wild. Um, he says, you come face to face with love. Before the sun sets, you've become someone you didn't used to be. It makes the old new, makes dead things live. Love makes you into something better. It's the reason a wolf would chase a crow, even knowing he can't fly, and she doesn't ever need to touch the ground. Love sends a man halfway around the world just for the hope of catching it. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Yeah, that's why wolves are one of my favorite characters. Yeah, yeah, that was that was my other dialogue. I decided to go with the shorter one. <laughs> yeah, I had both those picked. That was a good one, Jamie. And it was about ninety-five percent of the words that crow says, and I mean that wolf says in the entire book. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What speech? All right. Uh, next up is best full page spread. And Josh, what you got? Uh, uh, we're going to go over to page 131. When you see the beast of the apocalypse or death and Zhao Lin's kid all hooked yeah. up to the cables and he's got that helmet on and it looks super futuristic. I think if you just showed somebody that panel and said in five pages, you're going to see death as a cowboy riding a horse, <laughs> mechanical horse. <laughs> They, you might not get believed uh, because that looks super futuristic. That looks like it should be out of like Rye or something. That's the Blade Runner half of the Blade Runner meets Gunslinger. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's it's done really well. I mean, it looks it's super interesting to look at. Well, um, well, my best full page spread comes out of the pages where you all both picked your best dialogue. It's on page 113. And it's the um, the big full page spread post the Shanghai battle. And Wolf and Crow are both sort of reconstituting out of their animal parts. Everybody's bowing to Shaolin. And even Death is taking a knee before her. And it's just it's really cool. Yeah. That's a really good one. Nice horse thing back there. Uh, yeah. Page 42. It is the White Tower. I want to talk about both That was my backup, too. I don't know, just like the cityscape is so amazing. And you got these flying box car looking things. It's really well done. So detailed, too. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that took some time. 100%. <laughs> that took some time. <laughs> <laughs> Worked on that for a minute. Yeah, yeah looking at all the buildings in the background and everything. Like, man. All right. Uh, last, the um, episode-specific award is the best alternate future thing. And uh, for me, it was the the combination of the old-timey dialogue and wardrobe. Because everybody talks like from the Old West still. And then the super high-tech cities. And so, like, so we see, like, it, you know, the, the saloon scene. And then there's and then there's those full-page spreads of the, of the giant cities with the White Tower and the Black Tower and stuff like that. The, the combination of those things it just make, makes this entire world really interesting to me. So I'm, I'm being super non-specific, but Sam, do you have things more specific than that? No, no. I do have something very, very specific, and it's this horse. We've mentioned it a bunch. It's crazy how this horse has got, like, his head, and it also shoots lava plasma beams out of its face, <laughs> and then it can stand up and walk like a giraffe, and it's also got handlebars he can ride and uh, control it with. I'm like, man, this thing is just so cool. It's and a little like, bit would, like an insect too. It's got some insect stuff to it. Like like when it's down low to the ground when it's getting on, it's got this like grasshopper look feel to it. Then it stands yeah. up and it's got these legs and it's got handlebars. I even like I got looking at <laughs> real close at it. It's got, it's got levers like for a clutch and a brake and all kinds of stuff. And, and then what got, got me is like, and then like in the battle we've all talked about it that battle at New Shanghai. 
and you can see the horse, and it's like shooting this like stuff out of its out of its face. There's one panel that I wanted to to look at. I gotta find it now. I I'd like for somebody who hadn't read this to try to just draw what you described. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think we're talking about here? <laughs> Robot horse with handlebars. Right, so go to page 103. The horse like falls down. And then it stands back up, and it's like it's almost like it's bleeding out of its face, but it looks like it's a, the plasma or lava stuff that's inside of it shoots out, kind of running out. I was like, man, that's crazy. And then it stands up and starts shooting again. It's an interesting futuristic horse. And it's somewhat autonomous because it's running around shooting stuff out of its face while death's not on it. So I don't know mm-hmm. how much intelligence it has. That makes it kind of scary. Yeah. All right. Uh, Josh, what was your best alternate future thing? Uh, I kind of did what you did, Jamie, but I, I narrowed it down to one specific example. Uh, I thought the uh, the way the cities were designed, and on page 74, it's the first panel, it's where the, uh, the atlas, the bar is, but it shows the city, and it looks like they're out in the Grand Canyon. Like, they build a bunch mm-hmm. of skyscrapers in the bottom of the Grand Canyon, so if you're just looking across the desert, you can't see anything. But then when you get to the edge and you look down into this canyon, there's this huge city that follows, you know, the shape of the canyon. And I thought that was yeah. super creative. Yeah, it looks like yes. you could jump off the Grand Canyon and parkour under the top of a skyscraper. Right. Yeah. yeah. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> or or miss <laughs> and fall yeah. forever. All right, you want to cast this thing? Let's yeah. cast it. All right, Sam, who is your death? You got to bear with me. Ben Foster. No Ben Foster, right? Somebody just watched 310 to Yuma. 310 to Yuma. This town's going to burn. Oh, my God. Since I've seen uh, that, I was like, oh, that's death. Okay. Do you remember 310 to Yuma, Jamie? He was in it. He was Russell's... uh, Russell Crowe and uh, Christian Bale. Batman was in it. Yeah. I don't I haven't actually seen that movie. I need to watch it. You should watch oh, it. It's pretty good. He Ben Foster as a cowboy was believable. Of, of all those people there, he was the best. Okay. Yeah. All right, Josh? Uh, uh well, I wanted to say Clint Eastwood because I feel like a lot of times they were drawing Clint Eastwood. There's that vibe, but I didn't want to cheat. I felt a lot cheating. Uh so I'm going with Ben Barnes. He's kind of tall. He's kind of lanky. I can see him doing the cowboy build. Like I think he can do the intense eyes and, and do some of the more dramatic stuff. He was in The Punisher, so we know he's athletic. Yeah. So. Yeah, Ben Barnes. Not bad. All right, well, I've got a tie that I can't decide between. And I'm going to go with Mads Mikkelsen. Um. He does the sort of the, the really there's a couple of scenes here. I'm not sure about him doing like when he gets really unhinged and is over the top. Um, Mads Mikkelsen is more like the quiet, stoic, dangerous kind of moments. He, I think he would be really good at that. And but like there's those unhinged times like when he's, you know, confronting the president and he's wiped out the whole hallway outside and he's really over the top, crazy, you know, angry. And I wanted to go Willem Dafoe for just those moments. Um, yeah. So that, that's, yeah. But I don't know about Willem Dafoe for like when he's not being over the top. 
So it's it's a real it's it's tough. It's tough to cast for this role. Yeah, when the panels where death kind of reminds you of Joker, that's when Willem Dafoe needs to take yeah. over. Yeah. That's why I was sort of like, that's why I've got I, a tie. I, could, I had trouble deciding between I briefly thought about that, but I didn't want to time machine anybody. So I, yeah. I, 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 I seriously might have time machined Willem Dafoe from like the late 80s or something, early 90s. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with Mads Nicholson, though. Um, I'm not sure there's a clear winner there, guys. That's good job, everybody. All right, so next up is Shaolin, or Shaolin, as Josh has been saying, incorrectly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've said a lot of the names wrong. I apologize. <laughs> who, 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 was, who was your Shaolin? Well, I'm going to pronounce another name wrong. Uh, I've got Zhang Zee. Zhang Zee. Zhang Zee, yeah. Z-I-Y-I? Yeah. Okay. I listened to a pronunciation guide. Maybe I got the wrong one. Uh, but anyways, yeah, from Hero, I think she can do like the angry lover who's fully capable of all the martial arts and, and action stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Um, She's on my yeah. list. Um, I was trying. I was trying to stay in the right age range, and Zhang Ji is much older. A little than bit older. She's yeah. in her early forties, but so was Ben Barnes. I was trying to keep them aged about the same. Uh, I, I knew that wasn't really going to work for the story, but yeah. Um, well, I'm going to go with Fan Bingbing, and if you look her up, she looks the part. We haven't seen her in a lot of American movies, but she did play Blink in X Men: Days of Future Past. Not a oh. giant role, but she was really yeah. good in it, and she's got a great look for Shaolin. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Yeah. All right. So for the win, her name is Gemma Chan, and she's uh, Cersei's in a new uh, Externals movie. She's been in other stuff too. She was in Captain Marvel too, wasn't she? Uh, no, yeah. she was. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was. She was the blue girl. Yeah. Another core girl. Yep. Yep. All right. Those are pretty good. That's a win for me, though. Uh, moving on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got a call in somewhere, guys. Uh, all right. So I'm up first on Crow, and I can't say this lady's name. It's Corianka, I think. Corianka Kilcher. Um, it's a Q with a. Um, Apostrophe, O R I A N K A, uh, Kilcher. She was in the New World, um, and she absolutely looks like, the, I mean, she looks like Crow. Like if they like if Crow jumped off the page and became a real person, it, it would be this lady. Hmm. Okay. And I haven't seen the New World, but apparently, like she gives like an amazing like steals, steals a whole bunch of scenes in that movie. She's really good in it, so. All right, well, I went with a Native American actress. Her name is Alcune Cox. She plays Maya in the new Hawkeye show. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I thought about her. Yeah. yeah. I thought she'd be good at Give her a, a, a small speaking role. Josh? Uh, and I've got Marissa Quinn. She was in Twilight. The last one. I've never seen Twilight. Yeah, I have. She she looks the part too. Yep. My runner-up was another one of the uh, the uh, ladies from the later Twilight movies, Julia Jones. Yeah. All right, uh, Sam. Who is your wolf? Jason Momoa. 
I seen him carrying a buffalo on his shoulders. Big ripped guy, you know. That's a good second place vote. Uh, Josh? Uh, I've got uh, Chas K. Spencer. He also is from Twilight. No, he played the main werewolf guy, so I thought it would be funny to cast him. Yeah. All right. Here's the right answer, guys. Danny Trejo. He's not. He's too old. Yeah, you're definitely time machine, and he's creeping up on like 80 or something. <laughs> I don't think he's, he's creeping up on 80. Is he really? He's got to be close to 70, yeah. yeah I want to age consul- like that. Consulting the book of knowledge here. He is 77 wow. years old. Is he really? Wow. Yeah. I want to age like that. Okay, well, I just took the win then. All right, well, I, then then, I, then it was a, my time machine pick for the week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going back to the old rules. You get one a week. <laughs> one a week. Not, anyway. not the whole cast. Josh. Anyway. Uh, Josh, who is your Chamberlain? Either this one's going to be sneaky clever and you're going to love it, or I'm going to get laughed out of the room. So let's uh, let's find out. I'm going Dennis Quaid. It's not bad. There was some commercials several years ago when they were hunting <laughs> for a new KFC uh, uh, colonel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he done it. He done a couple commercials with the beard <laughs> and doing the southern accent, and I couldn't get it out of my head. <laughs> when it's all that was a better pick before he explained your reasoning. <laughs> yeah. Dennis Quaid because of KFC commercial. But that's why I thought it would be feasible <laughs> because he's like, he can pull the beard off and do the accent. But he's <sighs> he's a legitimately good actor. We'll throw him some money. We'll get him to show up for this one. <laughs> he will sleepwalk through a movie if he's not into it. Uh, we're going to get him into it though. <laughs> Maybe he enjoys doing the accent or something. He'll. <laughs> Tell him it's a KFC commercial, a really long one. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded smart to explain why. Uh, anyway, um, you ruined it. <laughs> I think, and I think we have the name of the episode now: the world's longest KFC commercial. <laughs> oh, anyway, here's the right. No, answer. don't My- don't do that to this story. <laughs> don't cattle it that. <laughs> It deserves better than that. Yeah, it does deserve better than that. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right. Um, here's the right answer. Michael Shannon. Oh, that is a good one, too. Yeah. And, he, and here, here's the, here's a reasoning that's not a KFC commercial. He, he does kind of off-center, like kind of slightly... You know, he looks at the world through different sets of eyes than the rest of us do, kind of thing. And I feel like Chamberlain's doing some of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not bad. I like Michael Shannon. He's, he's good in everything he does. Yeah. You know, you know Dennis Quaid, but. <laughs> Colonel. <laughs> the Colonel. <laughs> what you should name it. There it is, the Colonel. Okay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I've got two, and I'm having a hard time picking which one. I want to pick one guy for his accent, and then I want to pick one guy because he, he can do everything awesome. All right, Gary Oldman. Well, that's easy. You could have almost picked him for Crow. I mean, he can do everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to go for my other one. <laughs> sure. My other one is Jeff Bridges. 
That's pretty good too. I like Jeff Bridges because he, he's got the voice. He can do the accent. I can see him as cowboy doing sly things. I mean, remember him from Iron Man? Yeah. Oh, would I? I mean, from he, uh, he's, R- he's, when he in R.I.P.D. R.I.P.D. as a yeah. cowboy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a cowboy. Obscure movie reference of the week. Yeah. Oh, Firefly okay. discount or Serenity? I would not actually say Serenity. <laughs> yeah, sure it's not. So. Jeff Bridges. I'll, I'll use Jeff Bridges. I was afraid y'all wouldn't get it if I said it. I liked him. I liked him as it. I mean, Jeff Bridges is another guy who can sleepwalk through a movie, but he's he's a good actor. He really is. All right, wild card, and I can't and I can't wait to hear Sam's you know person that he saw on the ground from the twenty third story of the Black Tower. Um, <laughs> the spec down there it was one of the drivers in the flying cars that you couldn't see. Yeah. But I'm I'm gonna cast for Bill Solomon, and I'm casting Sam Elliott. Come on, Sam Elliott yeah. is the governor of Texas. I mean, it's a layup. That's easy. Isn't he the governor of Texas? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he should be. <laughs> should be. <laughs> He's the platonic governor of Texas. Honorary. Yeah. All right, Sam. Who is your obscure person? My obscure. Who doesn't, who doesn't have a line of dialogue? Actually, I picked somebody actually had a little bit of dialogue this time. <laughs> He's actually seen a couple pages. And it's a mouthpiece guy, the, the envoy. It's on a full suit pedal. You can't tell who you who really is. I thought you were going to say you picked male five. I was like, wow, that's a, that it's the mouthpiece. Yeah. That's <laughs> a guy in a full suit that you can't actually see their face in. Can't see <laughs> anybody. You can't see nothing about it. So they probably got like a little voice thing. So you can't really tell what your voice sounds like. <laughs> So the guy you can't tell who it is is Oscar Isaac. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's why I picked him because like, I could put anybody in that suit. They can have like this little thing they talk through, make their voice sound like anything they want. So Oscar Isaac. We're going to have to have a talk about asset allocation. Because you're blowing <laughs> a lot of money on Oscar Isaac to put him in a suit that nobody can see and you can't hear his voice. You're a magnificent weirdo. You know that? <laughs> I don't understand what you're doing, but I admire it at the same time. You're All right, welcome. Josh. <laughs> Josh, <what do> you <laughs> All right, so I'm casting for the uh, bartender who at one point reveals. <laughs> That's not much better. Yeah, no, he was the hunter guy. He was giving the info to death. I feel like he's going to play a bigger role because the I... other three horsemen come and talk. And as I can tell. Uh, I'm not anyway. sure he's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah, I thought he was. Anywho. Uh, so for him, we're going with Benicio del Toro. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, kind of dial back the collector from the MCU, like pull that back a little bit, but still kind of a little bit quirky, crazy hair, weird tentacle eye. That's pretty good. del Toro. Yeah, was, yeah, I thought that was my best one of the week. I I like Josh's so much that I've got a second wild card pick, and it's the eye. <laughs> <laughs> the bartender. And we're, we're going to make that Steve Buscemi's voice. <laughs> I thought really about just it. Steve Buscemi as the bartender. but <laughs> It's the eye. The bartender's out. He can do that. Okay. <laughs> and that's how okay. my brain works. <laughs> I don't take my, I don't retract my statement. You're a magnificent weirdo. Um... <laughs> All right, Josh. Uh, now that we're done, 
uh, mostly gushing about East of West. Uh, Why don't you preview next week's pick for us? Okay, next week we're going to revisit, I think, one we all thoroughly enjoyed, uh, Tom King's Vision. We're going to hit Volume 2, titled Little Better Than a Beast. And here's the summary. Uh, Once upon a time, a robot and a witch fell in love. But the story of Scarlet Witch and Vision was just the start. Vision has built a new life for himself, a new family. While every family has its shares of skeletons in the closet, for Visions, those skeletons are real. And now the family's facade is crumbling. The Avengers know the truth. The Vision's wife has killed. (laughs) Oh, that Vision's wife has killed. That the synthesoid lied to protect her. And that lie will follow lie. Death will pile upon death. The Avengers know they need to act. Tragedy is coming, and it will send the android Avenger into a devastating confrontation with Earth's mightiest heroes. If awesome. I hadn't been if I hadn't been so mean to you last week, I would laugh harder about you pronouncing facade as facade. Yeah, I, I realized <laughs> that was a cold read. That's a cold read. Yeah, should have should have read. Very cold. Yeah. Cold. <laughs> <laughs> So for our <laughs> listeners who aren't laughing themselves to death right now, uh, if you're a, a subscribed to Comixology, Volume 2 itself is not uh, free right now, but the complete series is. So you can get the, the complete collection uh, with uh, for free right now. Yeah, and to make sure that um, for review purposes that our page numbers match, we will be using the, uh, the complete series together. Correct. Yep. But it'll be uh, issues uh, 7 through 12 consist yep. of Volume 2. Yep. All right. Well, fellas, I think we're done here. I think Salute. So. See ya. Good night. Goodbye, Switzerland. Switzerland.